Um, are there any modern games that you have played that you're like, wow, this is really hard. This is super frustrating. I don't think I can beat this. Or are you in the camp of, no, I think I can handle any modern game. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, barring Dark Souls. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. I am Game Dave. I'm Gerald. And Gerald's back. And today we're going to be discussing are modern games too easy? And this is actually a viewer requested topic that was sent in, in uh, via the YouTube comments. Hmm. This comes from Scott Michael Hedge. Three names. S. Michael Shyamalan. Said, Game Dave, a suggestion for a topic of conversation for a next episode are games too easy these days? It could be an interesting debate. Games used to be hard as nails, especially classic arcade games, whereas nowadays games tend to hold your hand way too much, especially, this surprised me actually, in JRPGs. This really annoys me. Huh. And I was like, you know what? Let's dedicate a show right. to talking about that because we, we briefly mentioned that on the show in the past that we could kind of see sort of that correlation between Old school games in general being more difficult, and then modern games sort of, we said, holding your hand, right? right? They, they kind of hold your hand. So let's go back, back to the past, use a little bit of that nostalgia. Let's just talk about some of those hardest video games of the past mm. that people might think of. And I think the NES is one of the best systems to talk about when it comes to games. That's where the, the phrase is coined, these games are NES hard. NES right. hard games yep. and RPGs. I was trying to think. I'm like, JRPGs nowadays are too easy. They hold your hand. And then I got to thinking about the old school RPGs and the original Final Fantasy popped into my head because on NES, the game just starts up. Literally. It's right. not, welcome, you're the light warriors. You need to go do this and that. And we kind of briefly talked about that. You just have to know to go to the castle. You have to know to just explore and find where Garland's castle is. You have to know when you cross the bridge that you have to find the next village or town. Or It's a lot of just open explorations, like, oh, figure it out. Good luck. Because even in the modern open-world games, it gives you a general, you know, waypoints. Right. There was no waypoints on your Final Fantasy map. You just had to figure it out. Yeah. So are there any NES games that you can think of, or games in general, from the past? I would say... See, that's the problem. Everyone's retro changes. Right, it's true. Over that's time. Funny. So that finding that cutoff, that might be a good discussion for a future topic. Yeah. Finding where that cutoff is between the old school and the new school. But think of some old school games. What are some ones that you maybe struggled with? They're really hard that come to mind. Anything. Yeah, I know um, there were uh, a couple. I mentioned Life Force before. Life where Force. I Tough needed, shooter. Tough shooter. Yeah, I needed my sister's uh, boyfriend at the time, he had to play second player. You needed him more I, than I, she needed him. <laughs> In that moment. <laughs> In that moment, I needed him. I needed him, yeah. that's the, And we beat it, but that's the only way that I beat it. Mm -hmm. With the, his assistance. Right, 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 right. Do you think you could have beaten that on your own, or do you think it would have been that... 
the NES thing of you have to do it over and over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I think it would have been over and over and over. And also, I was, I was, I was three or four years younger than him, mm-hmm. so he had, I think, better um, hand eye reflexes. Okay, um, that you know my body just hadn't grown yet. And how old were you? Oh, gee, um, how old was I? Still working on fine motor skills? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that early. Yeah, it's not like you were three. No, 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 no. So probably 10? Yeah, that's that's about right. About 10 years old? Yeah. Now, I always think about that, too, where, oh, he's a little bit older, so he might be better, but I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when, when the NES was the only console I had and I was much younger, I could get further in games on the NES than I can now. Huh. I feel like I was better. Like, Mega Man 6, not that it's a hard Mega Man game comparatively, but it is my favorite. Mega Man 6 is a game that I could I could beat, usually in, in a quick sitting as a kid. Nowadays, it's a little bit more effort. Mm. Maybe I get frustrated easier now. Mm. Maybe I was able to put up with it more because of the lack of other games to play, whereas now it's like, you know, I'll play something else. I don't need to torture myself. Right. I'm an adult. Whereas a kid, it's like, well, that's all I got. Right. So maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> I feel like back then I was better. Or maybe, yeah, it was just I could put up with more. I see, I'm the exact opposite. I'm, I'm better as an adult okay. than when I was a kid. Do you think you are with older games? Because I know you, you definitely play a lot more modern games. Right. You're not, like, picking up your Super Nintendo Right. You know, often. You know, I, I often think of um, the one game that I could never beat. I always – what level did I get stuck on? Level 4 was Athena. Mm. I could not beat that game. And I often wonder now as an adult, I'm like, I wonder how I would do playing that game now. That would be a good thing to test. Yeah. Clearly when we start the digitally distracted Let's Play series right. with you and I, we'll, that'll be the first game, Athena. We'll do, you, see. do you have Athena? Yeah. yeah Man, yeah. I, I really, really want to try that. I'm, I'm excited. Well, I guess we, that's going to happen. That is absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Here's one that I can recall. I don't know if I ever beat it, but I know I got this far, which is an accomplishment in itself. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. Before yeah, it was yeah. rebranded. I would make it to Mike Tyson on my own and get pretty close to defeating him. I don't know if I ever beat him as a kid, but nowadays I don't think I could get there very easily. Oh, no. I did horribly in that game. Horribly. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy game. Not an yeah. Easy game. Luckily, you had the password system, so that helped a lot. Right. But I think that's another thing with old school games if they didn't have a save function yeah. or a password yeah that makes them 10 times harder oh yeah so just the idea alone of knowing that there's no save point there brings me so much anxiety and i know that that affects my ability to play yeah just that alone yeah i hated having to start back at the beginning yeah and that was the big thing with the old nes games you'd get to like stage 8 you got, oh. I've got one continue left. I use the continue. Jeez. I get wrecked by the boss. I'm back to the beginning. No, no, no. Nowadays, no. And I think do you, it's probably, you know, comes back to limited of, limit of the technology. Right. Is why they had to do it that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, which we'll get into a little bit later. So some other hard games as I was sort of thinking and mulling, Martin mulling <laughs> over this topic trying to think of games that really frustrated me and i didn't want to leave out sega i get a lot of hate out there i get some hate not a lot a little bit a taste of hate just a hint of hate just a lick of hate because i tend to uh ignore 
or leave out a conversation the Genesis uh-huh. or Master System, Sega in general, because uh-huh. I was not a Sega boy. I appreciate what the Sega brought to the table and put on the plate. Man. But there's some really frustrating games for the Genesis. And uh, the one that came to mind was, <laughs> it might be surprising, Echo the Dolphin. Really? It's actually a really, I, I think of it as a really hard game. Huh. And I think because you just, you just get dropped in, I think it starts up, the original, you just... The do- you just plop into the water, and you just got to figure it out. Huh. And I don't know. I feel like I couldn't figure out the initial like puzzles, and it just infuriated me. I was like, what is this stupid dolphin game, this hippie dolphin game? Right. I didn't know. I didn't know. Do- Echo Echo's a great series. But to me, Echo the Dolphin was really difficult. Maybe I'm wrong. The comments will let us know. Is Echo the Dolphin a, a difficult game? I feel like it is. I haven't played it since then. Uh-huh. I have it. Maybe I should, that, that'll be mine. There you Athena, go. Yep. Echo the Dolphin. Another one that people love to point to, Battletoads. Yes. As one of the most difficult games, especially with the, uh, I don't remember what they're called, the turbo bikes or whatever, where you have to go over the ramps, and, and you're going down the, the tunnel, in that or the cave, the sort of well cave, and swinging back and forth. Like There's some really frustrating levels in Battletoads. That's considered one of the, the more difficult ones. I never beat Battletoads. Uh-huh. I, I did not, no. No, no luck with that one. Nope. Here's another Genesis one for you that I actually loved. I loved this game. I loved the idea of this game, but it was so difficult to me. Comics Zone. Hmm. Comics Zone on the Genesis where you're sort of this hero and you're fighting through panels yeah. in a comic book. It was a cool idea. So cool. The graphics are really cool. It had that grungy, crunchy Genesis sound that just made sense for the game. It could only it could only have been on the Genesis. Right. It's a game that only made sense. For the Genesis, and that game was really difficult. I could not get very far in Comic Zone either. Now here's one it might surprise you: Super Mario Brothers Two, mm-hmm. but not the one we got. The real Super Mario Brothers Two. Do you know about this? No. So the real Super Mario Brothers Two, it did come here, known as the Lost Levels. Huh. But in Japan, Super Mario Brothers Two looked identical to the original Super Mario Brothers, and it was kind of like, it was almost like a a level remix pack Hmm. sequel, where it was the same game, same engine, just with ridiculously difficult levels. And they added uh, this this sort of death mushroom. You know, your natural inclination in Super Mario's grab the mushroom, mushroom. but they had these poison mushrooms that would show up in certain points. And there was spots where... It got kind of convoluted in a cool way where you'd reach the flagpole, but that wasn't the real exit. You had to find the real exit. Wow. And uh, there's there's parts where you would have to contend with the wind. So you would try to make a long jump, right. but you'd have to time it because the wind would push you back or push you forward and make you fall into the pits. So the real Super Mario Brothers 2 is probably one of the more difficult old wow. school platformers out there. Not one I've completed, the only way we got it was on Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo. They included it as Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels, mm. which at the time, I didn't realize what it was. I was like, oh, The Lost Levels, okay, it's just some bonus game they included in All-Stars since it was a compilation of all the originals reskinned, but it was actually the lost Super Mario Brothers 2 game. Wow. Because the Super Mario Brothers 2 game, which I know they know, but the one that we got is not actually a Mario game. Huh. Super Mario Brothers 2 on the NES is a reskin of a game called Doki Doki Panic. Wow. Yeah. That's I had why no it's, idea. That's why it's wildly different from the other two games in the oh. series. Oh. 
Because you're picking up vegetables and throwing vegetables. Yeah. You're not really getting like fire power-ups the same way. It just has a different look and feel. Yeah, no, it does. Because it's a reskin. But they're like, well, this this makes sense. It'll work. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of those tropes have continued. Like uh, some of the bosses have shown up. Like Birdo, the big pink dinosaur that shoots eggs, has continued in sort of Mario lore. Uh-huh. So it worked out in the end. Most people would call it a Mario game now, but originally was Doki Doki Panic. Wow. There you go. Look at that. There's a great video by the gaming historian that goes into detail about that sort of transition there. Huh. Something to check out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other games you can think of? Those really hard examples before we talk about some of the modern stuff? Um, Gee, not off the top of my head. The only other one I can really think of is Ninja Gaiden. Right. Which is pretty difficult, but I was never a Ninja Gaiden fan. Uh, the the <laughs> hellish platforming games never really stuck with me in that way. Uh-huh. I liked a more casual platforming experience like Mario. Right. So that's not something. But let, let's talk about modern examples. Because, yeah, maybe modern games hold your hand a little bit more. And we can kind of talk about why later. But I think there are plenty of examples of really hard modern games uh the the go-to the cliche one is dark souls yep everybody talks about how hard dark souls is yep that it plays like an old school nes game it's almost annoying that people are like oh this is like the new dark souls when you're trying to compare difficulty it's almost the same as when they were doing pc benchmarks back in the day the whole aspect was oh well can this pc run crisis that was the big thing can it run crisis I'd say Dark Souls is somehow this qualifier for, oh, well, is it as hard as Dark Souls? Right, yeah. It's Dark Souls it's the hard. Benchmark, yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any modern games that you have played that you're like, wow, this is really hard? This is super frustrating. I don't think I can beat this. Or are you in the camp of, no, I think I can handle any modern game? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, barring Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. So you've had some Dark Souls experience? I have. I have. I have. And it is, it's... Uh, what do you think it is about Dark Souls that makes it so hard? Are you talking about the original, two, three? Where, where are you at? Uh, the original. Okay, go ahead. And it's. I think the biggest thing for me, it's the save, It's the lack of save points. Okay. You know, it's you die, you start over. Mm, mm-hmm. And that alone for me is just like... Because I know that no matter how far I get, you know, I mean, it's... Reminds you of going back to stage one. Yeah. In an NES game. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. And that's something with I, I wanna see if it goes further back because Dark Souls is kind of a spiritual sequel to Demon's Souls, right. which came first, which I have, but I don't have a lot of experience with that compared to Dark Souls. Part of it too is I don't have the time anymore to put into games like that. Like I'm an adult, I've got adult responsibilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I can't play a video game all day and you know what i don't even want to play a video game all day like i've I've got other things i need to do who i would totally love to play (laughs) right right. i I would love to play certain games all day but i would i think hitting a certain age you do feel like man i played that for eight hours today yeah and you feel maybe you feel a little bad like oh and especially if you didn't even get to like stage two right you're like oh no back to the beginning and I played for 12 hours right, today. Right, right. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. As a kid, it's like, nah. What was I going to do? I was going to climb a tree and, right. you know, get chicken pox, get, get some poison ivy. <laughs> you know, it was totally the same thing. Chicken pox and poison ivy. Right. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could see that. I could see that. But I, I really would love to go back to those days and just 
where I didn't have to worry about everything else and feel bad about how I spent that time. Because as we get older, I know you feel it. I'm feeling it. The last two or three years, to get off topic, I've really felt that time ramp up Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, I'll start the school year and I'm like, wait, it's it's already June. The school year is over. The summer's here. Oh, I got all the summer. I'm like, wait, I'm going back to work already. It's I know it's so cheesy to point out, but the years go so fast. Yeah. And that's frightening, which is why I really pushed this summer schedule this year, because I was like, I am going to go all in, get as much content out there as I can, try to try to grow the channel. Because I the time is going so fast. Yeah. And I don't want to be like, oh, I'll get to it later. And then seven years have gone. Oh, by. man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my channel has disappeared. It's dead. Now let me start working on it now. Right. So that's that's kind of a crazy thing. So Dark Souls, yes, difficult. Doesn't hold your hand. No. Recently, which, you know, we did this live stream um, where I played Super Hot VR. Yeah. That was fun. Fun. Uh, not the hardest game in the world. Uh, we did uh, manage to beat it on stream, uh-huh. got through the entire main storyline. Yeah. But I have since gone back to Super Hot VR, virtual reality, and have worked on some of the other modes. Ooh. Really? Those are difficult, like frustrating. Luckily, I was by myself at the house because it would have been embarrassing how frustrated I got. I would not have live streamed that. But I was playing, oh, what was it? Headshot only mode. Oh, wow. So your kills only count if they're headshot. So whether you're punching, throwing a, a ninja star at somebody, shooting somebody, it has to hit the head or they don't die. And I would get like so far, and that's the thing, one death, you go back to the beginning of that round of those right. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. stages yep. for that level. Yep. So frustrating. I would like, and I'm, I would like yell at myself and like the game could hear me. I'd be like, no, I hit him. I hit him. Like, it was going to make, right. okay, all right, we'll let you get through. Right. We'll just push you through to the next stage. And I felt like a kid again because I was so, like, a little angry gamer David, yeah. frustrated. Super hot VR, surprisingly difficult, especially the endless mode or um, there's another mode where they just keep coming. And you you choose a room from the game and the enemies, for those who don't know, Super Hot VR is a virtual reality experience where you are in POV, uh, first person, and just these sort of odd you go in you actually go into VR in the VR game and you're fighting the these sort of this onslaught of you know faceless enemies and you're using whatever is around you to kill them uh, whether it's objects throwing things uh, weapons stealing weapons from others just punching people and in this uh, game anytime it's very matrixy anytime you move they can move Anytime you're still and frozen, nobody moves. Time only progresses as you perform actions or move. And in this endless mode, you're you're constantly jumping around, and it's to see how long you can last and how many enemies you can take out. And I felt like I did real. I was like, man, I just took out like 40 dudes. And just to beat that stage, you needed like 70 or something, or 80. Wow. Very difficult. So super hot VR, surprisingly tricky. After you beat the main game, so that kind of it's a slow burn, yeah, slow build up on the difficulty. To stick with VR real quick, Knockout League, which is a game I reviewed on the channel, still have not beaten that game. Huh. It is very difficult because you have to get the rhythm and the timings so perfect and the positioning 
It's not something that your typical controller twitch reflexes can help you defeat. It's you physically have to pull it off and know exactly what to do. There's very wow. little room for error that's, in knockout leaps. That's really different. Yeah. You and know, because our, yeah. our hands are trained with, you know, years of the controller. Mm hmm. But now when you're actually bringing your whole body into it, oh, yeah. it changes. Yeah, it'd be like throwing me on the football field. Right. Like, uh, so, Dave, apply your gaming Twitch skills to the reflexes of playing football. Right. I get destroyed. Right. The, the, I'm only good at football when I'm playing with the students at recess <laughs> who are in third grade. Right. <laughs> like, man, I'm really good. I am good at football. <laughs> I'm so good at football. When it's just eight third graders and then me and the PE teacher right. playing against them. That's usually what we'll do. Be like, all right, so we're going to do uh, uh, myself and the PE teacher against all the kids. All right. We're like, huh, oh, go out. All right. Oh, they're coming. And touchdown. All right. We got to. <laughs> woo. Oh, that was a tough one, guys. Yeah. And they're like, man, you guys are so good. It's like, yes. <laughs> we're very good at the football. Very good. Speaking of, recently got a VR football game. Huh. So in this VR. Classic off topic. So this v we haven't we haven't gotten to speak recently. We, it's been a while. We had a little bit of a hiatus. Gerald is back. We dug him up from Johnny's backyard. He's back with us. Thank <laughs> the Lord. Thank the sweet Jesus. And uh, so in this football VR game, I haven't tried it yet. I want to try it with you. You start in the locker room, and I'm not a football guy at all. But the idea of this appeals to me. You're on a whiteboard with your team, and you're. You draw out the plays, I think. I think. You draw mm -hmm. the plays out. You have your X's and your O's. You show the paths where you want your players to go, your teammates to go. And then when you're ready, you break and you take it to the field. And the players will play out the play that you drew. Huh. And then you get the ball to the right spot. It's pretty cool. Get them to your receivers. Right. Neat. That is cool. Yeah. So, And I think that's all it is. I think it's just doing... Um, I think you're mostly just going for touchdowns. I don't. You're not playing like full gotcha. yardage. Okay. So kind of an interesting, kind of like a ten yard fight on NES. Okay. Where it's like sort of dumbed down, like simplified for what it is. Uh huh. And you know you constantly play, you know, the throw, the tosser. What do you call him? What's that position? The guy that throws, the thrower. The thrower. You play the thrower in the football game. <laughs> <laughs> Very good at playing thrower. What position do you play, Dave? A thrower. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez uh so that's something to to mess around with that will not be nes hard i don't right. think some other ones uh indie titles indie titles are usually very difficult when it comes to modern games but i think it's because they emulate the old school yeah a lot of indie games it's easier for them to mimic and do these sort of modern retro 16-bit style games shovel knight um one that popped into my head was super meat boy Mm. Uh, which is very difficult, like a masochistic game where you're just constantly dying and dying. That's the whole thing is that when you beat a level, it shows you the thousands of times you died and how you died uh, before you go to the next stage, which is kind of cool. And Mega Man 9 was another really difficult, more modern game where they're like, let's continue the Mega Man series with 9 from Capcom, and it was it was really, really tough. Uh but getting into an actual modern sequel that doesn't try to, because Mega Man 9 tried to look like the classics, Ninja Gaiden on Xbox, which was later remastered as, uh, or reworked as Ninja Gaiden Black. That game was a really good-looking game uh, for that era, and Jerome had it, right. and I would watch him play it. It was, and I would play it a little bit. That was so hard, and I'm usually pretty good at, like, the 3D 
sort of modern platforming games. That was a very hard game. The uh, gruesome, the bosses were crazy. That's one to check out for sure. That would be worth a live stream session, absolutely, because that game is crazy. Huh. Another one of the newer ones, uh, Cuphead, which is also on the Xbox. See, we're not Xbox boys, so these aren't games we get to experience. I really want to play Cuphead, but that's the one that looks like an old 50s cartoon, and it's like a shooter. I don't think I'm familiar with this. Oh, we'll have to look it up. So it has a very uh, hand-drawn style, okay. beautiful game, but apparently it's very difficult, and it plays like a shooter. Hmm. Yeah, like a platforming shooter. Kind of like Contra. Gotcha. You'd, you'd probably love it, because you <laughs> beat Contra. <laughs> This is going to now this last one I want to mention before we get into sort of the the conversation about why old games are easier or harder than new games. This might throw you a little bit cuz it's kind of in the middle. I think people would probably call this console retro at this point. PlayStation I think is old school at this point, right? I would agree the original with that. PlayStation. Yeah. PS2 is close. PS2 is close. Cuz if you really go back, I mean the PS2 came out what was it, like, 001, maybe? Was it 2001, yeah, 2002? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been in high school when it came out. So I was, you know, I was an, an almost, I was a young adult when the PS2 came out. So to me, the PS2 does feel very dated. Mm. Now, I don't think, and I think for some people now that are getting older and getting a dispensable, disposable and dispensable income would have started with the PS2. Mm -hmm. Some people that are coming out of college, PS2 might have been their first. That's their NES. Right, right. It's crazy to it me. It is. But again, us saying the NES was our first console might be crazy to other people. Right. Who started with, you know, the old uh, Pong consoles or Atari or whatever. And Final Fantasy X, though very beatable, I mean, it's like a 100-hour game mm -hmm. just to beat the main story. And some of the puzzles can be tricky. But with Final Fantasy X, I think that is one of the hardest games to a hundred percent when it mm. comes to an rpg and here's why the ultimate weapons to get the ultimate weapons in final fantasy 10 that is one of the hardest games to accomplish that in because of the ridiculous things you have to do i think on the thunder planes to get one of the i don't i forgot about that? that yep i'd forgotten about that so you're on the thunder planes i think it's the thunder planes yeah you have to dodge lightning right and the lightning strikes are random, so there's not a lot of tricks you can do, and we, we can talk about that in the future, but Final Fantasy games, the older ones, there were always like some little leveling tricks you could do where if you had a turbo controller and a couple rubber bands, you could kind of auto-level. You ever did this? No. So this is how crazy I got with Final Fantasy back in the day. So you could take, say, I, I think I did this in, I think I may have done this in Final Fantasy VI. I definitely did it in seven at one point in one of my old saves, the old Dave War save, right? <laughs> the original. If you um, use the analog sticks, which seven technically didn't use, but there was a way to like force it, you could take a rubber band and wrap it around the thumbstick so that you would angle it to where you'd constantly go in a circle. Hmm. Go to an area where you're so strong and the enemies are so weak, you know they can't kill you. They just cannot do enough damage to you, or they miss enough, or you're so fast, you kill them immediately. Hold that rubber band down. You're constantly going in a circle. Uh -huh. Put turbo on circle, uh -huh. which was the activate button in 7. So you'll constantly choose attack when you go into battle. So you're constantly going th that way, and it's basically autopilot. You put the controller down carefully, 
X is constant or circle is constantly being pressed, uh-huh. and you're constantly going in a circle. Turn the TV off, leave the PlayStation on. Wow. Come back from school, got some serious experience and gill built up. Wow. I used to do that a lot. That's sad. <laughs> so what I tried to do when I found out you had to dodge like I don't know if it was a hundred or a thousand lightning strikes. It was strikes a lot to unlock. I don't remember whose ultimate weapon it was. I don't know if it was Lulu's weapon. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember either. Regardless, it was one I wanted. Well, I wanted all of them because I completed everybody's sphere grid in that game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to get all the ultimate weapons. You know, I have to have every item in an RPG. But that quest alone, it's so frustrating. I think that is, I completed it once. In one playthrough, I, I completed it, and I vowed I will never do it again. And they came out with the Final Fantasy X, X2 HD remaster, which I really want to play. But I know I'll never finish it because I don't want to dodge lightning for hours. Right. And I thought for a second, I was like, oh, okay. I'll just turbo the controller again, have myself constantly go in circles in the Thunder Plains, and then every time, you know, it'll constantly be pressing the button to dodge the lightning. But because the lightning's random Uh and you have to press the button at the right time, Uh it didn't work. Wow. So you had to legitimately do it. Whoo, boy. But that's crazy level stuff, yeah. I guess. Some people don't care. Like, I don't need their ultimate weapon. But to me, that's NES hard. Right. Because that's a, you just have to do it. And I think if you miss one, I think it's, in, I don't know if it's in a row, consecutive lightning strikes. I think strikes. it is. I think it is. So if you, if that's you what get made it, hit. That's what made it like so intense. I think you're right. If you get hit, you have to start over at zero. Yeah. Woo. Good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. Nasty. So let's, before we get into a break, what do you think are the main points that make modern games easier? Because I think you would still agree with that general statement, and I kind of do as well, that modern games are easier. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that is? Well, you can save a lot more frequently now. Okay, saving Saving. is huge. Yeah. Saving. The tutorials. Tutorials. You know. Yes. Yes. Um, which comes with because there's there's good tutorials and then there's annoying tutorials right and then there's hand-holding tutorials right. where even after you are very comfortable with the game you're still getting like these on-screen tips like yep. hide tips hide quick suggestions yes uh-huh. please hide those yeah so tutorials for sure and saving auto saving yeah yeah even when saving came about it's not like the games auto saved on cartridge back then uh-huh. i mean sometimes at the end of levels they would but even going to Super Mario World, where you could save. Yep. Because I always got it in my head. I was like, oh, Super Mario Brothers 3, you can save, right? Can you save in Super Mario Brothers 3? I don't think you can. I don't think that's a saving game. But in my head, it felt like you had you could save. Yeah, in my head too. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But I don't think that's a game you can save in. Huh. Isn't that crazy? But Super Mario World, every time you would beat a castle or fortress, you would... Get the option save and continue, right. save and quit, right? And it would actually save it to the cartridge, which was huge. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, I can actually come back to this. Yeah. I can have my perfect game save. Right. Yeah, but auto saving was a major thing, and and a lot of auto saves now, it'll happen so often that they put the warnings, the qualifiers at the beginning, where it's like, hey, if you see this little symbol, don't turn your system off because it's saving. Right. And it's like constantly, yeah, like you enter a room and it's saving. Yeah. Um, I mean, most RPGs, 
don't really auto save. They might do like a quick save, but they still expect you to use save points. Yeah. Some games save too frequently where it's like after every turn, um, if it's a turn based game, and it's like, you know, you can't go and you can't go back if you screw up yeah. and reload your game. Like I hate that. That's kind of like the other end, you yeah. know, of the spectrum. Yeah, and there's a lot of games where they purposely save so frequently to keep you from re resetting. Right. Because that's a big thing back in the day. It's like, oh, I'll just reset. Right. If I mess up, right. I just reset. Which in Animal Crossing, you know, Animal Crossing comes at you for that because if you uh, reset without saving, you get attacked by Mr. Rossetti, Rossetti, because he's like, hey, hey, come on now, stop. What are you trying to pull something over on us by resetting without saving? Remember to save next time. Because they don't want you to do that. They want you to play it naturally and allow your mistakes to put natural flaws into the game. Gotcha. You know, to, so you can experience it the right way. Kind of like in D&D &D where it shouldn't be perfect. You shouldn't always make... That, that's why I think I am... Another reason I'm so attracted to games like D&D &D and Fate and, and these tabletop RPGs, there is no save. Right. If you die, you die. And unless the DM finds some way to where you could possibly get that character back, you have to... It's more like life. Right. You have to live with the choices you make. In video games, I think developers really want you to live with the choices you make, but you don't always have that option. Right. And and I think they really, with autosaving, that was a great opportunity to be like, you know, we can really force the player to deal with their actions. Because say in an RPG, you choose an option, like you make a comment or they say, hey, do you think we should send the troops out to this this, uh, the east, or should we head to the west first? I'm like, oh, we'll go west. And then it automatically saves, and you find out everybody was slaughtered. What are we going to do? Right. It's not game over, but you've changed the story. You've affected the game in yeah. a way that maybe you didn't intend to. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing. I hate it, but I appreciate it. Yeah. For sure. I agree with that. Ooh, I get, agree with that. We're getting deep. Get deep, yeah. We're going to continue this after a special game break. All right, you might say, Game Dave, why are you holding that very unusual bone-handled hunting knife? Because this is how I open packages. This is how I do it. And we told everyone out there about the P.O. Box. P.O. Box 1695, Dover, Delaware, 19903. If you want to send something to me or Gerald or to Digitally Distracted in general, we will open it on the show during the game break. And here we are, fan mail again on game break We've got something from something, something from Franklin, something from Franklin. Franklin Brown sent us some mail. All right. It's specifically. Thanks, Franklin. Shipped to Digitally Distracted. So we're going to slice this bad boy open. I hope there's no delicates in here. I have not preemptively opened this. <laughs> so we're just going to see what happens on this game break. And uh, let's hope I don't cut myself. What do you think it is? Any predictions? I have no idea. Look at that shape. Look at the shape there. Think about it. Think what it might be. Uh, <laughs> looks like some some merch. We got, hey. a, we got a note. We got a note. Greetings, Gamer David. Thanks for all the great content. Here are some things. Enjoy. Franklin. Signed. In pen by Franklin. All Thanks, right. Franklin. All right. We got some things. Very specific note from Franklin. First off... We got we got a hat. <laughs> oh my god! So we've got a kind of a big deal hat. Kind of a big deal. Jerry, why don't you throw that on there? <laughs> it's official. It's official. It's official. That actually fits. 
Actually, yeah, it does. Pretty solid. Pretty yeah. solid. Uh, we've got, oh, yeah, a little, we were talking about Mega Man. We've got a little Mega Man enemy there. Oh, how good. Good stuff. Little pixel work. Pixel work. That's going to hang out with the Tanuki. Let's replace our Tanuki today. We've got, uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Ooh, we got some Halo Stormbound series uh, Mega Constructs figures. Cool. How cool. Gerald can put those together later for yeah. us. Yeah. He's going to build those. <laughs> uh, we've got, <laughs> this is quite a, a box of things. Ooh, Futurama fans, we got a Mega Constructs Futurama figure, Bender. We got a little Bender figure? That's, That's pretty sweet. That is awesome. We're going to... We're gonna really build up, yeah, the table absolutely. here. Absolutely, we're gonna put these together, and we'll we'll keep them on the set. We'll keep them on the set. Ooh, this takes me back. Don't try to get me back into it. We got a Magic the Gathering. Oh man, booster pack. Take a look at that. Just... Mm -hmm. You know, is there really any better feeling than opening up like a fresh booster pack? <laughs> no, it just it feels so. Good. Yeah, there's nobody out there that doesn't smell the cards when they open a booster pack. I'm ex I, I haven't played Magic in years, and I'm excited. So cool. And then we got Johnny's favorite character from Street Fighter. We got Ken. We got Ken. Look at that. How convenient. Man, Franklin. Man, hooking us up. Jeez. All kinds of goodies. It's not. We're not done yet. So I'm going to hand that to Gerald. <laughs> For those of you who aren't watching, so far we got a kind of a big deal hat. Uh-huh. We, we've got our other items that, I, that I've explained. We, we just grabbed a, a pill bottle. I don't know what this is. With a bungee and what appears to be a battery inside. One more item. Uh, it's what you've been waiting for. We got, got some Hatchimals. Wow. <laughs> Hatchimals. Uh, collegatables. I've heard a little bit about... Hatchimals. What do you know about Hatchimals? I know Jim? nothing about hat Hatchimals. I know the only reason I know about these, I'll blame it on the fact that I'm a teacher of, of elementary school students. We'll say that's why I know what Hatchimals are. <laughs> it's not that I research it. So I think Hatchimals are the, like eggs, and you literally take care. They're like the modern day Tamagotchi. Huh. So you know Tamagotchi, the little yeah, LCD yeah. character uh, creatures you would raise. I think you raise the eggs, and if you do it well, they they hatch. Get out of here. Hence. Hatchimals. So you like keep them in your pocket, keep them warm, that sort of thing. I <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't rub the heart for color change. I don't know. I'm still curious what's I going on here. No idea what this is. Let's put the Hatchimals down. Let's let's see. Uh, is it's is it just you never know? So I'm gonna open this up and hope. Are you trying to blow us up, Franklin? <laughs> I, this seems dangerous. This seems very dangerous. I don't... There's something... It's attached. It's certainly, there's some soldering. Yeah. There's some hot glue soldering going on. Yeah. Here. So I'm going to... Let's go for it. Gerald, I'm going to... I'm attaching the Rayovac, not a sponsor. Whew. Rayovac, not a sponsor. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm just going to... This is a bad idea, right? This is a bad idea. This is, a ba this is bad. Something's happening. Already. Is... What? Is this like a survival tool? Is that... Is that like a uh, waterproof flashlight? <laughs> I... I don't know. Maybe? That is very bright. I kind of want to turn the lights off. 
That is that's a bright, that is bright, dangerously bright light. So thanks Jeez. for the survival uh, tool. That's got to be what it is, right? That's got to be what it is. Pocket pill flashlight. I guess it seems like it would be. It might last a little bit longer than a regular flashlight. I honestly don't know. That is cool, man. Fancy, you fancy man. That's so cool. I love the stuff like this. Homemade pill container flashlight with a little. With a little who diddly bungee, so Man, you can hang bet, it from your with belt. the LED. I bet that lasts forever. Oh, uh, probably, and it's crazy bright. Better oh than my... like a cheapo, yeah. cheapo Walmart one that you would grab. That's really cool. Very cool, Franklin. Keeping us safe for you know. I don't go outside, <laughs> but if I did, I wouldn't have to worry about when night falls at this point. Wow. Before we move back to the topic, let me look at those hatchimals. Let's open these hatchimals okay. up. Sorry, we gotta at least open these hatchimals up. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go grabbing for them, Jerry. No, well, they were in the crotch zone. <laughs> it's the no zone. I learned that in driver's ed. The no zone. Did you ever learn about the no, no zone? No, I didn't. So the no zone is the area around Gerald's crotch. No, the, <laughs> the, which you don't drive on. No, the no zone is the areas around tractor trailer trucks. Oh, where they can't see you. Yeah. Where you think you could, they can see you, but they can't. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, that was like the, one of the only things I remember. Why don't you use a knife over there, buddy? <laughs> this guy, this guy over here. Good to have you back. <laughs> use the knife to remove the plastic. Yeah, I don't want to damage the contents here. My knife. All right, so let's see. Hatchimals. These look like not your typical Hatchimals. Yeah. We are grown men here, and we we qualify because it's five plus years of yeah, age. Yeah. So five plus. So we are highly qualified. For this particular situation. Gerald, take a look at that. All right. Oh, this is season three. Season three. Season three of The Sopranos, of The Hatchimals. Rhythm Rainbow. Rhythm Rainbow. All right, Franklin, let's see what you got for us here. Hold the egg in your hands. Rub the heart. When it changes from purple to pink, it's ready to hatch. The speckles on the egg tell you which family it's from. Huh. We're adults. Number two, <laughs> number two, I'm going to keep reminding us. Number two, hatch. Gently press right above the heart with your thumb to crack. Continue pushing until the egg top can be removed. Three, step three, the most important step, play. Take your hatchimal collectible out of the egg. Remove the remaining eggshell pieces above the perforated line. Dispose of them and the clear plastic inside. The bottom of the egg can be used as a nest. Huh. a little tip for you. So, you need to review those. I guess we'll each take an egg. Okay. And these are going to become the digitally distracted babies <laughs> of the show. These look glittery. I hate glitter. But Franklin, frankly, Franklin, I don't hate you. But, well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see at the end of this if I do. So, uh, I'll let you choose. They look kind of look like salt and pepper shakers. I'll let you choose first. I mean, we'll just, this one's... You going for that one? Yeah. All right. I'll go for the... Ooh. So... <laughs> I didn't know very little about this. What was direction one? Rub the heart? Uh, I think you... Rub the heart. Oh, it's in French. I can't. No. <laughs> you hold the egg. Hold the egg. In your hands. Mission rub the heart. Three. Rub the heart. Which it, heart? There's two hearts. When it changes from purple to pink, okay. it's ready to hatch. All right. Ready to rub? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very exciting episode of Digitally. So I'm just rubbing. Were you th you uh, thumb rubbing there? You yeah, I'm the thumb, thumb rubbing. So you think, is it coming off it's or is coming. it just heating it's... up? It's maybe a little... Does it make sound? You know what? Yeah, I think it's the heat. I'm going a little bit harder, a little bit more friction. Mm. Well, why not just... Let's do a little... On there. There you go. It's getting um, getting a little pink. Is it going to stay pink or is it going to cool down? Uh, I don't know. 
Very exciting. Digitally distracted, everybody. Hatchimally distracted. <laughs> kind of a big deal, Gerald. Right. You're kind of a big Read deal. The hat. I'm yeah. going full palm on this one. Oh, wow. Okay. This ain't my first first time hatching a baby. All right. And I know what I'm Gently doing. Gently press right above the heart. Get some to crack the egg. Yeah. All right. So I'm we're pink. I'm I'm, I'm pink the whole too. thing is pink. I'm pink too. This baby is warm. This baby is ripe. Might come out with some bruises on it because it's going to be very ripe, overripe, you might say. I'm not talking about bruising babies, okay? Everybody calm down. So now we have to crack it? Right, right above the heart. Right above the heart. That's what it said. Oh! Gently press. It pushed in. Oh, it did. It put, oh, it's cracking. Can you hear that? Oh! Look at that! It's cracking like an egg! Because we've damaged the, the plastic, the shards of pla- Oh, beautiful. Oh. This is amazing. Kids these days with their crazy toys. Man, that is pretty neat. It's like a Kinder Egg you can't eat. It's Look, exactly like that. It is. Are those illegal here? I don't think you have. Are they? They they, they are not. They're. Um, they can't have certain foods in them, though, right? Correct. So they come separately. All right. So we've got our Hatchimals. All right. Uh. Ew. Oh, what is that? What is that? Okay. Here we go. I've got a uh, made in Vietnam. So what appears to be a it's sort of a greenish blue, brown bellied, uh, silver winged, uh, freakish creature. And Mine's you, like a little uh, kitten or fox. Right. Also with silver wings. Uh huh. Well, it's the it's the rainbow <laughs> rhythm rainbow family. Oh. Uh, it's the Rhythm Rainbow family, of course. I mean, to be so foolish to question it. Yeah, I got the uh, Rhythm Raspoon. Rasputin. The Rhythm. <laughs> Raspoon, yeah. It looks like you got the Ant Eagle. Ant e Oh, because it looks like an anteater a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A bit of an anteater. Uh, there we go. Uh, oh, the no, new Hatchimal mascots. Yeah. Well, that was quite a game break. Fan mail unboxing. Yeah. I'm going to put the uh, Hatchimals back. Yeah. I think that's... Um, keep them warm. Keep them warm. They're especially vulnerable right out of the... We'll put them right, right back... Out of the egg. Right back in their eggs. Yeah. Right back in their homes where they were birthed from. Uh-huh. And uh, they'll just be hanging out on the set. Yeah. Like you'd expect from Digitally Distracted. I am still 31. <laughs> there we go. The Tanuki's got some company... Uh, we've we've found the light. Thank you very much, Franklin yeah. Brown. If you also want to see us awkwardly open childhood toys, make sure you send them in to digitally distracted one six nine five. That's PO Box PO Box one six nine five Dover Delaware one nine nine zero three. And yes, we will open what you send in. It's kind of a big deal. Kind so of a big. so now that now that you're looking good, Gerald. Thanks to our game break, mm -hmm. you're kind of a big deal. And uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. So back to our topic. We talked about uh, the tutorials uh -huh. sort of helping and the auto-saving features. Saving definitely makes it easier. Uh, the quick tips, the hints that you can uh, sort of get from video games. But here's some other things. Uh, we talked about having more chances to win where the idea of continues doesn't really exist unless it's a game that's emulating a traditional old school style game like a beat em up 
where you would have continues. I don't know of continues being a thing. I think it's just pick up at the last checkpoint. A lot of checkpoints in more modern games. And in open world games, same thing, auto-saving, you know, Elder Scrolls, right. things like that. Uh, Dark Souls, of course, sort of sticks away, stays away from that, but that's sort of the idea with the difficulty. But I think what makes modern games easier, a big point is this. Maybe they're better designed. Hmm. Hmm? Yeah. Because, I, you know... Yeah, keep keep going. Keep going. I can... I can appreciate where you're coming from. Controls. A lot of old games, they were still figuring out the best way to control something on screen. So sometimes games control really poorly, which makes them harder. Yeah, it's true. Modern day controls, for the most part, they've got them figured out. They know how something should move. We have analog controls. We have the ability to put in very specific inputs into games. Maybe that makes them easier. Yeah. Because we feel like we are more... <laughs> to get zen on you, more one with the game. Right. We can control that character the way that we intend to. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Deep. Uh, and then when it comes to better design, just things work better. You don't have to worry about uh, weird glitchy things or um, hit boxes, you know, where it's like, oh, no, I totally hit that guy, but it's like, oh, you're outside of his hit box. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with 3D um, high-res textures where the game can recognize where something is better than it could in an old-school game. So I think that contributes to it. Just the technology getting better right. makes them easier to play. Mm -hmm. So maybe the game concept and the gameplay isn't necessarily easier. It's just easier to control, which gives the illusion that the game itself is easier. Right. So I think that helps contribute to it. But That, that makes sense. But I'm not to say that saving auto-saving and tutorials and all that and holding your hand doesn't contribute as well because I would also say that developers put so much money now and effort into these games. They're such huge experiences. They don't want you to give up. Yeah. And I think if a game is too hard, it's going to be a lot easier for someone to to back out and say, okay, I'm done with this game. Yeah. And they don't There's want you to There's a lot more playing. on the line, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And... In the online aspect, because back in the day, you were playing by yourself, mm -hmm. and if you were playing multiplayer, you were playing with a friend or somebody in the room. Right. With multiplayer, you have a chance to go up against anybody in the world, and I think multiplayer is way harder than it's ever been. Yeah. Because in the day, it was only your pool of friends, your group. Multiplayer games back then... You, you could learn how to play against your friends, and it was more evenly balanced. Like, I might win a couple races, you might win a couple races, I might win a couple matches, you might win a couple matches, unless it's a game that only one person owns. Right. Where they dominate everybody. Right. But online, you could end up with the best of the best. People who only, they just sit there and play that game all the time, which we talk about. It's hard for us to play multiplayer against people we don't know. Right. Because it can get so frustrating. Yep. And it's also awkward which might make you not play as well either. Right. So I think in the online sphere, games are harder than they've ever been. Because you'll go online and, and play a game and, and get wrecked immediately. Yeah. Like you can't even, you can't even fathom the idea of getting a brand new game and immediately jumping into multiplayer. You feel like you have to take time. I got to yeah. train yeah. before I take this online against somebody. Right. Because I don't want to embarrass myself. Right. So that's where I would say modern games are actually harder than old school games. Huh. 
Yeah. But I can see the tutorials thing. It's pretty basic. It's just the game landscape is so different now. You can't really compare the two. No. No. It's and, hard. Yeah. And, and a lot of those... It's hard. Exactly. <laughs> so those older games, I think it really just comes down to the fact that they they weren't as in-depthly created. The technology was limited. And these games were not as long. They yeah. weren't these huge, in-depth, lengthy experiences. You weren't going to spend 80 hours on Super Mario Brothers. But not that that's a hard game. Right, right. You weren't going to spend... You weren't going to spend 80 hours on Battletoads because you could probably figure the game out in that point. So to sort of, not to say they intentionally did it, but to make game experiences last longer, make them harder. Right. Because then you're going to go back and you're going to keep playing and playing and playing. Right. And it's it's sort of left over from the arcade where you didn't want an arcade game to be so easy that you could beat it on a quarter. Right. Unless you were really good. Right. Unless you put the time in. You've spent that money. Right. It's basically an early version of mobile games. Right, right, you put right. The, you put the money in, so you're good now. But to go into an arcade and everybody beats a game in one quarter, nobody's going to go back to the yeah, arcade. So yeah. back then, they had to. And, of course, the arcade's got to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So those quarter-guzzling quarter games, and, and a lot of what the home console market was back then was... Let's have the arcade experience at home. So they just replicated it. And they had to figure out a way to mimic quarters inserting credits. And that's where credits or continues came from. Hmm. So they had to figure out a limit because they couldn't just have a free play option. Right. Because then it would seem too easy because you just immediately restart where you left off, which was the benefit of the arcade. Put a quarter in, you could pick up right where you were. Right, right. So I think that's, that's sort of... Uh, where that all came from it's just that leftover of the arcades and then just the limited technology and as things got bigger and better and longer they didn't want you to get frustrated they don't want you to give up right so maybe that that sort of pushes modern games to be a little bit maybe what we would see as easier but i would say for the modern people to make them more enjoyable mm -hmm. is really the goal it's not to make everything easy it's to make it the experience something you don't want to get put down right so, any final words, Gerald, on that? We went deep. Feel good about that? Yeah. Well, let's finish up, okay. shall we? Yeah. With some Q&A. Now, this Q&A is going to go a little off the deep end. Much like this episode has yeah. with our fan mail. Right here, we got a letter. We got a letter. Boom. A letter. Also sent to the P.O. Box. Game Dave, P.O. Box 1695. Dover, Delaware, 19903. Let's see what we got in here. Because I'm guessing. It's snail mail. We said, hey, why leave a comment? Well, you can send a letter. There you go. Right? Let's see what we got. Oh, wow. That is... That is quite a letter. That is quite a letter. Quite a letter. Huh. To Game Dave and Gerald. Huh. I tip my hat to you. <laughs> kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I have two burning questions, so I decided to ask you in the slowest way possible. <laughs> Snail mail. The questions. So here's our Q&A dedicated to you. This is from Nate, by the way. Oh, thanks, I skipped Nate. ahead to see it was from Nate, sincerely. So Nate asks, if you could be any video game character, who would that be? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> it depends. Favorite video game, uh, Witcher 3. Witcher 3, I know. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. So um, there are, are things that I like about Geralt. Um, would I want hmm. his life? <laughs> Hold on now. I never thought about this until you said it. Gerald and Gerald. Yeah. Gerald, 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 Gerald. Interesting. Go on. 
Um, so, you know, would I like to be the hero that he is? We sure, you know, would I like his powers and abilities? Yes. Do I want to go through the trials that he went through? No, eh, probably not. You know, you'd like where he is now. Is that right. What you're saying? Yeah. Shepard from Mass Effect. These are all, sort of course, modern okay. games. Okay. So between Shepard and Geralt or Gerald, Gerald, how is it pronounced though? Legitimately. Legitimately. Geralt. 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 I thought Geralt had some like seedy, a seedy side to him. Um, or am I mistaken? Maybe you know, that's just Witcher in general is a bit, a bit raunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good though. Shepard. Shepard yeah. and Geralt. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what Nate said. Personally, I would choose Mario. Huh. Because out of all the video game characters I've seen, he's got the best life. Kind of going with what you're saying. Yeah. Here's why. He's rich. Constantly finds coins during his levels. See. I get excited when I find a penny in a parking lot. <laughs> and he gets that feeling all the time. He's got a killer mustache. He gets mo momentary superpowers like fire blasts and flight. If he puts on a raccoon suit, because raccoons fly, right? Uh -huh. Well, it's not really flying, but as Buzz Lightyear would say, falling with style. However, if all I have to do to fly is to look like a ridiculous raccoon, sign me up. This is, this is very detailed, by the way. Thank yeah. you, Nate. He has multiple lives. He is essentially immortal. Wow. He can get these lives and power-ups by eating mushrooms. That's never happened to me when I eat a pizza with mushrooms as a topping. Just a side note, those mushrooms he eats can't be organic. You have an amazing soundtrack to listen to wherever you go. You get the girl at the end. If your toilet ever backs up, you're a plumber. You can fix it. Even though I imagine that his plumbing business can't be doing that well. He's always trying to save the princess. Uh-huh. Mr. Comedian over here, Nate. I'm liking it, Nate. <laughs> you're really helping us pad this episode out. <laughs> I also like to believe that Mario runs into other plumbers, and they have conversations like this. Hey, Frank, what you do today? Is that really a script? This is how it's written. Oh, wow. Hey, Frank, what you do today? Unclogged a few toilets. How about you, Mario? Well, I rode a dinosaur, fought a dragon turtle, and saved the princess, as well as the entire Mushroom Kingdom. You know, the usual. And Mario has ultimate bragging rights. In fact, the only thing I can think that is negative for Mario is that he is probably constantly hit in the head from debris, from all the blocks he busts. Maybe he needs to keep the hard hat from Mario Maker. Huh. I agree. I agree. So for me, my character... Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. I mean, he made Mario sound pretty good. He did. He made him sound pretty good. But I don't know if I... I don't think I'd want to be diving through pipes. And plumbing is not a job I'd want, honestly. I don't think I have, I don't have the crack for it. Butt crack. No, I knew what you meant. And I, and I just... You know, I'm not good with tools. Yeah. You know? My first tool set was pink, so I don't really know <laughs> what I'm doing with. It was given to me by my grandmother, huh. who won it in Atlantic City. So, not a lot of... I mean, I was still in high school when she gave it to me, but still, <laughs> not a great yeah, I, Dave's first tool set. No. No. It would have to be an RPG character, mm. probably. Um, and I have to, if I, off the top of my head, I would go with Setzer from Final Fantasy VI, because he owns the airship, and he's sort of a casino guy. Huh. Kind of cool. And I like his jacket. He's got a cool... Sort of overcoat, trench coat. Setzer from Final Fantasy VI. Not as good of a list, but, uh, you know, he owns an airship. Two, second question, last question. Okay. Do either of you currently read or collect comics? I'm a big fan and wonder if either of you have the same interests. Hmm. You know, I don't collect comics. I've wanted to. That's a big 
big hobby to get into. It is, so and it's, who, where it's do you intimidating. Start? Where it do really you is intimidating. Start? Do you go back to the golden age? You do know, you, silver age, nineties. Like, where do you start with what's going on now? There's been so many stories told. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I have the same issue. For a while, I kind of was pl- toying with the idea of getting into comics, so I started picking up graphic novels. Uh huh. Or the like the uh, the completed uh, volume books. Right. Of a series of issues or like a certain storyline, like a Batman storyline that was really good. Like I have the year one graphic novels and things like that. Um, I have a couple Batman uh, graphic novels. I have a couple Rogue graphic novels. That's my girl, Rogue. And but yeah, I'm the same way. I, I like the idea of comic book heroes and comic books, but it's just not something I've followed. I've never been. I've never had a, a, a what do you call it? Sort of a, a subscription. At a local comic book store, where I could go pick up my issues. Right. It's not something I but, ever got but into. But man, I I wish I did because you have that. It's kind of like that that weekly episode or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, you look forward to it yeah. every week. Um, also, there's... I can't read. It's the other part of it. Reading's difficult. My favorite comic book series, though. We had some issues of it as, as kids. Was the original Mask? The Mask comic books? Oh, really? Were very dark. Not the Jim Carrey film huh. at all. Very dark, very gritty, very violent. Uh, the Mask is very much an anti-hero, mm-hmm. which you see a little bit in the movies, but not as intense as... He's definitely more anti than hero in the original comics. Wow, I had no idea. Very intense. Something to look into. The Mask, the original Mask comics. Stanley Ipkiss is in some of them, but I, I, The Mask has sort of had several um, owners mm-hmm. or bearers, mm-hmm. um, you might say. So last part here from Nate. P.S. On your episode where you talked about digital media, you mentioned how you saw kids make fun of physical media. I just want to let you guys know, I am in my teens and believe that physical media is much better than digital. My man. Huh. I actively collect comics and Blu-rays, DVDs, and casually buy CDs and video games. Wow. I just wanted to include this in the letter to give you hope for the upcoming generation. Thank you. As well as to bring up that Gerald put his DVDs in a shoebox. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Finally, I want to say thanks for producing the amazing content and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Nate. I'm never going to live that down. You will never. What a way to close out the show. Man, I feel like I can go out and take on the world yes, now. Yeah, thank you so much, Nate, and thank you so much to Franklin for sending in your mail. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So thank great. you. And remember, if you want to to give a topic to us to use on the show. We might make it a main topic. Or if you have any questions for us for the Q&A, you want to send fan mail, there's so many ways to get in contact with us. You can leave a comment on the video. You can leave a comment on the audio version of the podcast. You can also find me on Twitter and use the hashtag digitally distracted to get your comment or topic on the show. You can join the Discord. You can support us on Patreon. There's so many options. Either way, I am Game Dave. I'm Gerald. Thanks for getting digitally distracted with us today.